0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening there, fellow Clashers and Gamers. How is everyone doing on this fine, fine Tuesday today? I hope that everyone is having a great day in the land of Clash of Clans. Uh, Today is Tuesday, November 2nd. Uh, It is in the morning time for me where I am at, and I'm about to head off to work, so why don't y'all hop on in, buckle up, it's time to go play in some traffic. Y'all, what do we have going on in the land of Clash of Clans today and this week? Uh, we all just finished up a bunch of different events that were going on uh, as we had that time between Clan Games and CWL. Uh, we had I had a lot of fun with those events, y'all. Uh, it was the Clash of Ween stuff, so all of the, the spooky troops got a little bit of love. Uh, we all enjoyed having the... Royal Ghosts out there, right? Those guys were absolutely wrecking things. They changed a lot of the meta for the short time that we had them. Folks were just going out there with Royal Ghosts and, I don't know, pick some support stuff. And they were able to triple. Uh, those guys are just absolutely overpowered. Uh, we we enjoyed using them a little bit. It was, for me, I was down, you know, I'm still down in Bronze and Silver League as I am farming up some defensive wins for the Unbreakable achievement and getting to take a little bit of break from a lot of the heavier stuff, the more intensive stuff uh, that comes with Legend League because I've got some, you know, busyness going on in my life that uh, is keeping me away from Clash as much as I have liked to play it in the past. But we'll get back to being able to play more and more. But being down so low does mean that a lot of these events have been super easy to knock out. Uh, The bases that I'm seeing down there are not difficult at all. Yes, there are some maxed out Town Hall 14s like myself who are sitting down in these lower leagues, probably farming up the same achievement that I am, and they have difficult bases set up. And you know what? I just skip most of them. Uh, Or, actually, I don't even skip them. What I I do is I drop the royal champion and then cancel the raid so that they get a win and uh, I can drop a couple trophies. And then once I find something, if I'm using one of these event armies that looks like something I need to run over, I'm going to do it. So last week was right at the beginning. Last week's episode, again, was right at the beginning of when we were about to have a witch event. And I I said that I was going to see how quickly... I could demolish bases that I'm seeing uh, down here in Bronze League with Witches. And let me tell y'all, as a a maxed out Town Hall 14, there were several times where I'm running across the no-defense Town Hall 11s. And those were the ones that I would just absolutely swarm with Witches just for the fun of it. Drop down about 25 Witches, a full complement of Skelly spells, and I think maybe one Rage spell, and just destroy the entire base in about 20 seconds. And that was, you know, usually because it took me a second to realize that, oh yeah, I'm going to hit this base. So that was the whole replay was about 20 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bully attack, but come on, you know, you got to win some of those hits to get the achievements done. So why not? Why not bully on some of the, the engineered bases? And it is, it's is—it's interesting to see some of those bases, and I'm constantly seeing folks who are posting things on Reddit. They'll find one of these bases, come across it in the wild, post it on Reddit, and be like, how is this possible? How is there a base that doesn't have any walls and only has one cannon for a defense? Well, clearly those guys haven't been around very long, uh, the ones that don't understand what's going on, because back in the day, you didn't have to build all of your buildings to be able to go up to the next town hall level. And those uh, those engineered bases are still out there and down in Silver League is where I'm seeing most of those ones. They're not all the way down in bronze. A lot of them are dead and not really being used at the time. But uh, Silver League seems to be where I find a lot of those old engineered bases and it's kind of neat to see those things. Now, the one that's kind of trippy is when you'll see like the Town Hall 12 that doesn't have an Eagle artillery. How does that happen, right? Uh, we see a lot of questions about that on the Reddit. It's like how okay, we know that you have to build all of your buildings, and it was they made that change when Town Hall Twelve was put out. <clears throat> so how does somebody upgrade a Town Hall Twelve but not have an Eagle Artillery? Well, actually, it's a, a pretty simple answer. Uh, you you drop the Eagle Artillery right before you hit upgrade on your Town Hall, and then you just cancel building the Eagle Artillery. You can do that for. Know, any of the any of the defenses uh, so if you have your five or six builders and you have five or six well i guess minus one of the uh from the, the number of builders that you have but you can drop those defenses then it counts as having built them you can start your town hall upgrade and then cancel all those defenses so that's how you are still seeing some of those engineered bases out there that don't seem to have all of the defenses that they should is that they drop it and then cancel it so I, I think we've even seen I think we have seen a town hall thirteen that doesn't have an Eagle artillery also because again they they probably did it twice, did it to get to Town Hall twelve, and then when they go to upgrade to Town Hall thirteen, they drop that eagle and whatever else they haven't dropped start the town hall upgrade and then cancel the builds. Don't know why you would do that though. I don't I don't see much benefit other than it means you have a unique base right if it's your main base that just seems kind of dumb if it's your secondary base or third or fourth or some of you guys that have 20 30 bases cool you know you've got this unique thing so that uh it's just been kind of an interesting thing to see all these different kind of styles of bases that we have down there uh, what other events did we have um We had the super minions. Now, I don't often boost super minions, but when there was a super minion event, it's was like, all right, let's boost the super minions and see what we can do. You know, I might have to try using these guys again. Uh, I don't don't know how well that they're going to do in war scenarios, but they were kind of fun. When I'm down here just slumming it with some of these easier bases that maybe don't even have CC troops out, they're... uh, I know, they were kind of fun. I, I had one guy. All right. I'm down there, right? Farming up these these defensive wins. And my pet peeve is the guy who drops his queen, destroys one building that isn't even a storage or collector, so it's not even any loot, and then he leaves. Because that gives me a guard. Like, if, if that's all you're going to do, don't attack any buildings, man. We're all trying to help each other out. Just drop your royal champion or your queen or your king or whatever. And cancel the raid before you destroy any buildings. Now, if you're going after loot, cool. Get the stinking loot. Go for it. But if you're not going after loot, don't destroy any buildings. And I seem to have a bunch of guys uh, that I had like five or six in a row where they were doing a gy arch, right? Now, I'm running this big ring base uh, with, a, with a wall all the way around the outside. I've got a couple buildings on the outside of walls, but I've got several rings built with all the defenses on the outside ring. And then the collectors are in the middle ring and then all the storages are on the inside ring. Just trying to prevent people from wanting uh, to destroy just one or two buildings. Because I want, I don't want a guard or a shield, right? I don't want to make it easy for somebody to give me a quick guard or even worse, a shield. And I've got these guys that are sending full jibar armies. And I'm talking Town Hall 14s with Max, Giants, Barbs, and Archers. And they send their full army and don't even get through the first layer of wall, so all they do is destroy the few buildings on the outside, the archers will reach across and kill some of the buildings that are, you know, behind the first wall. But they're not getting anywhere. So they've just wasted an entire army. They've done, you know, maybe 10-12% damage and they've got nothing for it. I don't I don't understand. Like at least maybe have some jump spells or some wall breakers to get you through something if 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 your intention was to lose the raid Why'd you deploy your entire army? Some of them are even, just, you know, sending out their siege machine and heroes and not getting anywhere. I, I don't get it. If anybody understands why somebody would do that, why somebody would waste an entire army and not, and not get anywhere not try to even get any of the loot, uh, let me know, because that, that just seems odd to me. But yeah, I'm seeing these guys who are doing these attacks, I'm seeing these easy bases, and... It puzzles me with the way that some people are doing stuff now the thing that i hate is when somebody comes in and they'll do oh like that 30 percent damage right maybe they'll bring that jump they'll get over that first layer wall and they'll destroy a whole bunch of defenses still not get any loot because they didn't make it through the second layer walls and now i've got a shield and that just that just kills me so why, why am i telling you this story I had some dude that he was a tunnel 14. Not a, not a fully maxed, but not... I don't think he was super rushed at all. It just wasn't wasn't a maxed out 14. He hit me and did that, right? He did some... It was like another Jibar trade, but this time the guy brought a couple jump spells, a couple wall breaks, so he got through the first layer of walls. But instead of focusing everything on one side so that he could send a wave through all of the defenses on one side and then get into where I had a lot of the loot, he just, like... Giants and a ring around the entire base, barbs and archers. I think he had a couple backup uh, uh, wizards, and then even sent in his wall wrecker to get through. But it was just a ring around the entire base, and he did quite a bit of damage. I think he took me down for like forty-five percent, but never got into any of the loot. Got very little loot from it, and got a few barbs that, that were able to work their way in there. Maybe had I think he had a couple sneaky gobs in his. His siege barracks, or not siege barracks, and his wall wrecker, and he gave me a gave me a stick and shield. Well, I don't like it when people give you a shield for no for no apparent reason, right? If you, so I I had to hit him back, and we had the super minion event going on. I had trained up a bunch of super minions to donate, so I had a full army of super minions and bat spells. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? This dude's running one of those four island bases. Well, five island, I don't know. It's got the four islands around the outside and then the the town hall and the center the center square. I was <laughs> like, let's see if I can destroy this base, right? Got all of the town hall 14 defenses. And I just, I came in at a corner so that I could take out one of the multi-target Inferno Towers uh, with my heroes, sent the Royal Champion on one of the adjacent corners so that she could take out the Eagle artillery, and then started this slowly trickling in these super minions, right? Dropping a couple on each of the buildings that have high hit points so they can take them down before their their long shot ability wears out. And then a wave of them to kind of meet up and and go right with the heroes as they were working their way around the base, and then just a whole line of bat spells. And then I, I had three freezes that I took with me in the CC. Uh, I don't even think I used... I don't even think I used my CC other than the spells. And they just absolutely wrecked this base, y'all. It was kind of fun to see this wave of super minions just coming all across the entire base. I had two freeze spells at the end that I swagged. uh, Or maybe it was a freeze and a a poison at the end that I swagged. It was fun. Um, Yeah, it wasn't a tough base. He didn't have any Clan Castle troops defending. But still, if... I'm down there in Bronze League and you give me a shield, I'm going to come back at you. And I didn't care that tripling his base gave me 40-some trophies. That just meant I had to drop a couple extra trophies to get right back down to Bronze League. So that's that's where I'm liking to stay. Uh, I have been sitting right in Bronze 3 is where I usually try to drop to. Uh, It's a little bit... Sometimes if I have a little bit of extra time, I'll drop down to Bronze 2. It takes a lot more effort to get down to Bronze 2 than it does to Bronze 3 as I'm doing these canceled attacks going from I think the highest that I've been pushed back up to from defenses has been silver two and as I drop from silver two down to bronze three I usually average about a minus 13 to 15 on those trophies once you get down to bronze three that average drops out to about minus five and then as you get if you get close to getting down into bronze two you start getting the the minus two, minus three range, but once you're in bronze two, it seems like every attack that you cancel, you're you're, you're losing only one or two trophies. Uh, so that's quite a bit of attacks that you have to cancel to be able to get down to bronze one. And I I feel like I get the same number of attacks, I get the same number of defenses. I mean, uh, whether I'm in bronze one or bronze two, because it only takes a couple defenses to push you back up from uh, bronze, no, from bronze (laughs) 3 up to bronze 2 so it's not really worth it to to push down that far Uh, I know that there's a lot of you guys who are doing the same thing as I am right now trying to farm up these defenses what are you guys finding? Uh, Are you finding that you do better if you push all the way down into bronze 3? Is it worth it to go down that low? Uh, I do know that I will not be dropping below bronze I did that one time last month And it it resets your counter for attacks and defenses one. So I don't want to reset that counter. I want to have it active and then see at the end of the month where I rank uh, as far as attacks or defenses one. I want to see where my ranking can be. Now, last week when we talked, it was only the first day after the, the season had reset. And what did I tell you? That I won 57 defenses that first day, which was awesome. Uh, i have not kept that average up i'm at only like 260 some defenses won since then uh, actually including that day so i have not been keeping up as much with dropping my trophies and resetting my shield and my guard so it's it's going to take me forever i need to get on that so that i can finish this achievement before the winter update hits because like i said i want to be back up in the legend league before that happens. So that is that is my boring update. All I have been doing is farming defenses and then the occasional war. Uh, war has been a little bit more difficult for me just because I got so many things going on. And it seems like the end of the day when our wars are typically ending tends to be the busier part of my day with things going on. And if we weren't doing the mixed wars where I could hit a little bit earlier... Then that wouldn't be a problem, but because of doing the mixed wars where we want our town hall 14s to wait to see if we need to dip and clean up or we just hit 14s, then that means I gotta wait till the end, and that tends to be when things have been getting busy for me because uh, just things going on with life, you know, I've got this this job hunt going on, got a lot of things I'm helping my wife with. We've got I don't know just different things that are happening, so I have not been doing nearly as many wars as I would like to be. But that all changes today. Today starts SCCWL. Well, technically yesterday started. The first of the month is when SCCWL starts. We end up usually waiting until the second day of registration to make our spin. Uh, It just tends to work out better for us. So we we start a little late, finish a little late, but SCCWL means I don't have to wait to see what I need to clean up. So I'm uh, opted in on both of my, uh, well, on my 14 and on my 11. My nines are actually, I have not been paying attention to the town hall nines at all. If you guys over in COTP plebs need me to get in some hits, let me know if you need some extra people on the roster. I have the nines still over there. They're ready. They're available and as long as I'm doing a 9v9 hit, I, I pretty much know what I'm doing. So that shouldn't that shouldn't take too much planning. So, but I have not been paying attention to the town Hall minds over in the blebs. Uh, it's just got too much things going on. Got to have that clash life balance going. And uh, there's been times where my my clash life my clashing has outweighed real life, and that needs to that needs to change a little bit. So, just focusing on uh, playing around on my 14. There's nothing else that I need to worry about upgrading on it. Um, so it's just a matter of playing and having fun, doing some wars. The 11? Um, yeah, I'm kind of just casually farming the 11. It's, I mean, my heroes are maxed. All of my defenses are done. I've got just a couple more things in the lab. Uh, there's a couple Dark Elixir upgrades in the lab that needed need to finish, I believe. Minions and one Dark Elixir spell, maybe haste. And then it's just some walls, and I'm just slowly grinding those out i'm not i'm not actively pushing that account that account is the litmus test really about when we will stop accepting town hall 11s into eden's edge uh, as that account moves up to town hall 12 eventually then that is what i'm going to recommend to the rest of the leadership team that we stop taking town hall 11s into eden's edge now you guys in eden's edge were are listening if you're a town hall 11 that doesn't mean we're kicking you out of the clan it doesn't. Don't worry about it. It just means we're not going to be taking any new Town Hall 11s. We're already we already have a ton. We have so many Town Hall 11s that can it can make it difficult to compete in our SECWL league. But most of our 11s are are good enough to where we know how to handle ourselves and at least get those two stars against 12s or even 13s when we need to. On the war map, so I don't think that that means we're going to kick anybody out of the clan for being a town hall 11. It just means that's when my in my mind when we need to stop accepting new town hall 11s. And we knew this was going to be coming, we probably need to stop accepting new town hall 11s sometime shortly before town hall 15 comes out. Because what we I like to have a three town hall spread, right? So, right now we have 11s. 12s, and 13s. That's three town hall spread in Eden's Edge. Yes, we do have a couple 14s who go down in war in Eden's Edge, but I feel like the war matchmaking algorithm for for clans who are not having any sort of rush bases, so we're talking guys who max out bases and are just trying to progress through all of the town hall levels, I feel like if you have no greater than a three-town all spread, the matchmaking algorithm in War tends to usually match you up with like clans, and that's what we like to see. Is we don't want to we don't want to see somebody that we don't want to see a bunch of, of rushed or engineered clans that we have what looks like a massive mix, mismatch, but that mismatch might be because they have a bunch of rushed accounts at the top. But even even so, that can that can end up messing things up for us. So. That's just, it's just through my years of experience with helping run wars, uh, I don't know that that is exactly how it works, but that has just been my experience throughout the years, that if you have three Town Hall levels that are spun together in Mixed War, then your matchups tend to be closer to the same as what you are. If you start expanding beyond that is when you run into a lot of weird matchups, so, matchups where, yeah, I've got a bunch of, let's say town hall nines at the bottom, and the the other clan might have a bunch of what looks like town hall tens at the bottom with no town hall nines. And the top is is all town hall fourteens, but then when you start looking closer, it's a bunch of rushed or engineered bases. and then, well, how do you how do you know how to judge all that right? It, it probably is even as far as war weight is concerned. They probably don't have as many high-level defenses, but it still makes it look weird. And it it can be, I don't know, it can be discouraging to some of the players at the lower end of the town hall, or at the lower end of the map, to see that the the guys that they're matched up against are a town hall or two higher than them. So just for the sake of morale, I like to to try to keep the, the war matchups even. Have you guys seen a similar thing? Uh, what sort of, of town hall spreads do you guys run, and how do how do you think that impacts your matchmaking uh, the matchmaking algorithm when you guys go to war? Three is is where I like to, to cap it off. Now we tip we, we do actually have four because occasionally we'll have some town hall 14s that will war in Eden's Edge, and right now it's it's all kind of, kind of a crapshoot because. Again, we're warring in, in Gideon's Keep with everybody in the family. Bringing anybody over, we've had we've even had some of our, our mini town hall minds come over to to fill that out when we go back to the 50, 50s. We've kind of taken a little bit of a break from the 50s and moved down to, to 40s for a little bit, but uh, we do plan to get back to those 50s at some point to get the Gideon's Keep uh, ranked up as quickly as possible. I believe we're at level six right now. Level 7 is when we get the next really good clan perk. And once we're there, that might be where we kind of pause for a bit and go back to our regular warring. Because those of us who usually war in the Knights of Zion just Town Hall 14 beat 14, we're kind of itching to get back to that, right? CWL will be a nice respite from the Mixed Wars. Though we are going to end up having to have some 12s and 13s. In the clan, uh, we're gonna, where the plan is to run a 30v30 Cwl in Gideon's Keep. We're going to have all of our Town Hall 14s there, but we don't have 30 Town Hall 14s. Uh, we've had a couple guys. We still have uh, Hoosier out, and he has what two or three Town Hall 14s. He's still recovering from stuff. Uh, we've had a couple guys that needed to take a break from Clash of Clans, so we've, we've lost a couple of our 14s there as they are just taking a break and spending some time with family. Uh, and doing doing real life together, which is great. Uh, but that does mean we're a little bit short, so we can't run 30 town hall 14s in Gideon's Keep. So we're we're master league one. We want to we want to run 30 v 30. We could run 15s, but if that doesn't give us nearly as much XP as doing the 30 v 30 wars, so we're gonna have to pull up some of the 13s and maybe even some of the 12s from who would normally be competing in Eden's Edge and have them uh, join it with us. Uh, So if you happen to have a Town Hall 14 that hasn't been spun into CWL yet by the time you hear this, and I don't know why you would because most of the 14s are probably going to already have been spun uh, by the time you guys hear this episode. Uh, If you'd like to compete in a Master League One clan that we're not looking to promote, we want to stay right where we are so that we can continue to do uh, the 30v30 CWLs next month uh, with Gideon's Keep. So we're looking to just stay right there in the middle. I'd like to... You know, I, I'd like to aim to be the highest on the board that doesn't promote. That way we can, we can stay in Master 1 and continue to, to rack up all of that XP. So if you have a 14 that's still looking, or even a 13 that's still looking, maybe we can bring you over. Uh, Eden's Edge then will be competing with whatever we have left. There's going to be a whole ton of 11s. Uh, I believe the plan is still to run a 30v30 CWL in Crystal 1 and we'll see what happens with Eden's Edge. You know, that's the, that's probably the highest that, that Eden's Edge needs to be or should be the Crystal 1 uh, without having a bunch of 14s at the top and with, with having so many 11s at the bottom. We do not fit the average for a Crystal 1 clan. Most Crystal 1 clans are only averaging, oh, I think 2 to 3 in a 30v30. I think it's 2 to 3 Town Hall 11s at the bottom, and they're actually averaging 2 to 3 Town Hall 14s at the top. Well, we, I don't even know what the count is, but we have a ton of town Hall 11s at the bottom, and we aren't going to have any 14s. We might not even have any 13s at the top in Eden's Edge this month. But that's kind of similar to the way we ran it last month, and they still did very well. So our goal there is to just do the best that we can so that the members can get the highest number of CWL medals possible, and... With the town hall levels we have there's no way that we can compete up in the master three level so crystal one is a fantastic place for us to be with eden's edge all right y'all um what else do we have going on today in the good old us of a it is election day uh and that was the first thing we did this morning uh we got up had some breakfast drank some coffee and then my wife and i took our youngest. Our, our daughter to vote for the very first time. Uh, if you are a, a U.S. citizen, I hope that you exercised your responsibility, uh, your civic duty to go and vote. And I hope before you went and voted that you actually did a little bit of research on each of the candidates. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how you should vote, but I am going to say that if you Are not informed and have not done your own research and by research i don't mean watching the attack ads on tv go read some of the articles go to the candidates websites and look at the stances that they have what do they have to say about themselves not the attacks that they have to say about their opponents i i tend to ignore that stuff because it's i would rather hear you tell me what your plan is not tell me how bad the other guy's plan is so that's that's what i do i am not a member of any political party i consider myself an independent uh, i i have my own uh, i i believe that both of the major parties in the u.s have a lot of stuff wrong with them and i vote based on which candidate is going to be in my eyes the best fit for the job that they have um, and i hope that you do the same thing don't don't just vote on a party line because the the parties tend to end up looking out for the parties and it's it's up to the individual candidates to actually come up with you know those are the guys who are actually going to be in there uh, writing up bills and proposals and even if it's not for like a representative thing if it's like your local elections are where things really that's where we need to pay the most attention but that's where the least amount of information is uh, for instance my city we had a couple things that were up with like the city treasurer was one of them that's a huge important thing right city treasurer the guy who is charged with managing the finances that city council has set aside for the city that's an elected office in my city and making sure that you've got a guy who uh or gal i believe it's two guys who are running in my city but uh you you just need to make sure that you're you're researching and seeing that somebody is representing your views well don't trust what other people are, you know, maybe attacking and saying and slinging mud back and forth, go do some reading. Go figure out who you think is going to be doing the best job based on on your own stances and what the candidates have to say about themselves and then what maybe a few trusted resources have to say about the candidates, right? Go look at that up and then go cast an informed vote. Uh, I I do not agree with the everybody go vote at all costs. Because what ends up happening is we're going to have this push to, hey, everybody go vote. But if you don't know what you're voting for, then you might be voting for something that you don't actually agree with. So go do a little bit of research. Go figure out who aligns with your points of view and then cast that vote uh, to make sure that your local community, that your state and that your country aren't being run in a way that uh, could end up doing us all harm. Now i don't I don't want to know who you voted for, how you voted, or whatnot. But if you did go out and vote, and I know that it's not voting day in every single location. Many, many states aren't having elections in these off years, but my state, we we run our gubernatorial elections, so the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the Attorney general for the state are all elected the year after a presidential election, so it's a pretty big one here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But if you did go out and vote, let's see those I voted stickers, guys. Post them up if you're you're afraid of posting that if it says, like, I voted in whatever your city is and you don't want that shared well, just post the top half of it that says I voted or, or, you know, scrub that out so that you don't reveal your city. Uh, but let's see those I voted stickers. If you did go out and vote today, I, I'd love to hear them. I'd uh, love to see it. Don't want to start any political arguments or whatever. So don't, don't go do that in the discord server, but let's just see those pictures of those stickers. I'll get mine posted up there soon so that, uh, I'll start the train there. Let's, let's get those out there. And like I said, we took our daughter and was super proud moment to be able to take our our youngest daughter for her first time voting and she i think was just as proud if not more she was determined she did her research she's i mean i got a feeling she's going to be a a political activist at some point in her life doing who knows what but she was getting so she's the target demographic right for certain things. She's an 18 year old female and was getting text messages and mailers and door hangers addressed to her from various different political parties and candidates and things. And she was getting text messages, right? And the text message said, can you believe that the opposing guy running for office is going to do these things? And it was all stuff that she totally believes in. And she responded to the text message. Was like, oh, wow, really? He's going to do all that? I'll definitely be voting for him now. <laughs> they actually responded to her like, really? That's who you're going to, that's the way that you feel. And she's like, yep, thanks for the info. You just convinced me to vote for the other guy. <laughs> now, she had already determined who she was going to be voting for. But I just thought that was hilarious that, you know... The opposing folks are trying to drive people towards their point of view. They send out these messages and it, you know in in a way pointed out that she really did want to vote for the other guy. So that's just one of those reasons why I'm like, stop focusing on the negative things of the other candidate. Tell me the good things that you're gonna be doing. Tell me your plan because what you might think is bad by talking about the other guy. Some people might actually see that as a good thing. Maybe you don't want those guys voting for you anyway, but regardless, I just thought that was hilarious that she's like, oh, I'm totally responding to these folks. I'm totally going to text them back and be like, thank you so much for convincing me to vote for the dude that you were thinking that you were trashing. So (laughs) that's, that's my political funny story of the day. No, I'm not going to give you the names or even the political parties who were involved in that but just know that uh yeah my little girl she is pretty set in her ways. she is pretty learned uh learned and uh she has done a lot of her own research to figure things out got a great worldview got some insight on on how these political systems in the world work um, through the her her homeschooled studies that we provided to her and uh i'm, I'm just super proud both my kids uh both my kids are voting both my kids are are doing their own research on things and it's uh it's a proud papa moment there let's get back to a little bit of clash content i have a feeling that november could be either a little interesting or maybe a, a little bit dead in clash of clans now i say that because most of us at the town hall 14 level who are just the gold pass players, were completely maxed out, right? And if you're not, you're probably going to get there probably sometime in November. So there's not going to be a whole lot of of things going on as far as as trying to push to farm uh, to to upgrade the base, which means more guys might have more time set aside to push. I don't know where we're going to see some higher trophy levels this month than normal. And because we have the Gold Pass players that are going to be maxing out, and even some of the, the free-to-play guys who were at Town Hall 14 are going to be maxing out, what is what is Supercell going to do to, I don't know, help, help keep things a little bit interesting uh, and help people catch up? And that's where I think this time between the fall update and the winter update, because typically there's going to be that one smaller update. And that's, that's what the fall update was for us, right? There was some new content, but not a whole lot. And that actually gives some time for some of the lower guys, not super low. Cause we're not talking about a town hall 11 who's going to be catching up to town hall 14 in a month span. I'm talking about the guy who perhaps didn't get to town hall 14 until, Oh, I don't know this summer. And now he's getting a chance to catch up with some of the big guys. Uh, that have already maxed out things. So is Supercell going to put any packs in November that are going to help those guys catch up or help some of the lower town halls catch up? I don't know. That, that It could be something that from a business standpoint that Supercell could, could consider doing so that they get more and more people up at that max level uh, to help keep things going. Now, that could also mean that some of the guys who have maxed out could lose a little bit of interest so what are we going to do as far as events and things? Because the guys who have already maxed out aren't going to want to spend a bunch of money on packs if those packs aren't really going to be helping them improve since they're already maxed out, right? So are we going to see some other cool events come November? Uh, once, once CWL ends, are there going to be a bunch of other cool things that we can be doing? Now, yeah, I know that we've got uh, qualifiers and world championships and all those kind of things coming up, but... Those are kind of outside of the game. So I'm looking forward to see what it is the Supercell is going to enact here in this, I don't know, this down period between the Clash of Ween events when most of the Town Hall 14 guys were coming to Max. And now we're gonna have Clashmas. We know the Clashmas is gonna be coming up, um, unless they change the name like they did last year, right? Last year it was Logmas. But we know that that's going to be coming up. There's going to be events and special troops and spells. I'm looking forward to, I don't know, are we going to see Santa's surprise spell again? What's the seasonal troops that we're going to get? Are we going to see some Ice Wizards return? I don't know. But in this period between then, we've got to have something going on to keep people interested. So I'm looking forward to see what Supercell is going to do for us on that front. All right, I think uh, I think that's about it as far as Clash Clans content we've got going on this week, guys. Uh, it's a little bit slow for me, simply because of where I'm at. You know, Clash-wise, it's a little bit slow because real life is really busy, and that that's just fine. It'll it'll balance itself out again sometime soon. And I hope that y'all are are having a good uh, Clash and real life balance also and let me know what kind of things you guys are up to in the discord server i'd love to to chat with y'all and see what's going on give me some some questions to answer next week Uh, two weeks ago i had a ton of questions to get through so many that i I actually missed some and then i didn't get any new ones this week which is just fine that is just fine i've got some uh some time to just chat about things that were interesting to me and hopefully they're also interesting to you as far as shout outs are going uh, I got to shout out my, my guy, uh, Tip Dog 20 uh, Proverbs31, and Tribe of Judah. I talked about some coffee last week and uh, some specials that they had going on, and these guys immediately jumped on it. Both of those families bought six bags of coffee each. Y'all, uh, Red Rooster is going to be able to uh, provide enough money to their employees to eat their Thanksgiving dinners simply because of you guys <laughs> and what y'all spent. Uh, but it was an awesome deal. I saw like TipDog posted a screenshot of his order and the amount, of mo- the amount of money he saved from that buy one, get one free deal that Red Rooster was doing in October was fantastic. Uh, they were also doing a, a they reached 12,000 followers on Instagram and were doing a giveaway. And then just like we see, with the trolls that show up in discord servers and the trolls who try to scam clash of clans accounts away from people there were some scammers that tried to duplicate red rooster's instagram handle and they were actually sending out dms to people who liked that page saying congratulations you won now we need you to go to this website and fill out some shipping information and they were stealing people's credit cards that just drives me nuts and as we it's over right october's over we're now into november October, like I said, was Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and as that came to a close, we were continuing to see so many scams and so many things that just, if people were a little bit more aware, and maybe were a little bit more careful, we could prevent a lot of things, uh, and one of the things that we have now instituted in the Klaus gaming server, it's something that, that Big D is, while he's you know the, the clan leader, uh, for Knights of Zion, he's uh, got his special enforcer role in the Klaus Gaming servers. One of the moderators and admins. Uh, he also moderates for Clash Bashing. And as we started to see all of these Discord scams with the the free Discord Nitro links that were coming up, one of the things he said that they ended up doing over in Bash's server was they just banned all free gifts. He's like, yes, there were some legitimate gifts that came out, but there were so many. the the vast majority of the gift links that came were scams. So they just decided that to ban all of them. Uh, Yeah, it might've hurt some people who could have benefited from some free stuff, but it helped prevent some other issues on the server. And that's something that we've decided to do in the cloud Gaming server also. Um, If you have free gift links that you're trying to share... I'm sorry, but the trolls have ruined it for everybody. We got so many scam links that got posted in that server. Uh, and if you happen to be a, a Discord admin uh, or moderator, uh, let me know some of the things that you were doing in your server to prevent those kind of things from happening. Um, something that I ended up doing. We use Dyno for a lot of our auto, auto mod, and I went in and added uh, the term dot gift as a dirty word with dino so that if anybody typed any link that had dot gift because that's where a lot actually i think probably about 95 percent of the scam links that we saw get posted were some misspelling of discord uh, so some of them were like d-i-s-c-c-r-d instead of o-r-d dot gift so all I, all we did was eventually i i banned free nitro as one of the dirty words we ban.gift and then I just added the real discord.gift because that actually is the valid URL for the the discord nitro gifts. I added that to the whitelist so that the automod would never delete it. So that's just one of the things that we've been doing to prevent this from happening. Um, I know a lot of servers are set up to where you can't post links unless you have leveled up in the server but what we saw with this one was there were a lot of people who were already known and trusted people in the server who got scammed into clicking on one of those links, their accounts got hijacked and it was those accounts that were then posting the link in the server. And then also um, DMing all the members of the servers that they could. So it's, it's just a pain in the butt. And I found it ironic that during cybersecurity awareness month was when we were seeing a massive increase in the number of social media account hacks and discord hacks uh it's like they all knew that we were supposed to be more aware and they decided that they were going to take advantage of that i don't i don't even know Uh, but hopefully y'all's discord accounts and social media accounts stayed safe and and didn't get hacked but i would i'd love to know uh, because i i help moderate a couple servers i've admin on the koz server and the klaus gaming server and even the guild gray server a little tiny one we don't really have as many of those uh, people trying to get in there and do do scam stuff. But I'd love to know what you guys did. Uh, maybe maybe teach this old boomer some new tricks on how to better moderate and protect our Discord community. Because that just, it sucks seeing one of my, my best friends in the class community and in Discord. His account got hacked and was posting stuff in several different servers. Got banned out of a couple different servers because of it. Uh, so what we ended up doing was instead of banning we would kick because it seemed like most of the accounts that were sending these things they got hijacked and then they got put into a bot and the bot would send that link to every channel that they could send it to but if they got kicked from the server they weren't rejoining servers so we would kick and in the message we would say your account got hacked go report the hack to discord recover your account change your password set up two factor authentication do all the things you need to do to recover your account And then you can request to join again Um, because we, you know, we've got guys that have been in the servers for years that we didn't want them to have to go and recreate new accounts. And then we got to recreate new uh, roles and all that stuff for them. Uh, It was, is just a pain. So uh, I'd love to know what some of y'all were doing to help prevent that, to help protect your community and also get the people back that had recovered their accounts so that they weren't, you know, just being hung out on a limb there uh and and and, and losing everything that they had before all right guys that is going to be it for this week thank you for joining with me on my commute to work on this fine Tuesday. I hope everybody goes out there and crushes it in CWL and unless you get, you know, paired up with with our our clan, uh, then then I'm sorry, we're gonna we're gonna destroy you. No, not really, because we're not trying to win in Gideon's Keep. We're not trying to get promoted uh, to, to Champion League there. So can't wait to hear from everybody in Discord. Uh, again, this the schedule of me being able to post on Tuesdays may or may not have to change, and until it does, I'll continue to be posting stuff, and I'll keep everybody updated on what the schedule is going to look like if it does change. Hopefully in the next week or two, I'll get some more job interviews going and be able to find some some new work. Uh, we did have a lot of things change in my my work over this past week, week and a half, not that not that it's going to keep me around, but it's just made the the little bit of time that I have left be a little bit more bearable but I do eventually see me having to find some some new work because I'm just, I don't know, just time for me to move on and find some new stuff. Now, before I officially close out this episode, I want to give one more shout out, and that is to one of our clanmates in the Knights of Zion, Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper has had a YouTube channel for quite a while, It's just, it's a smaller YouTube channel, Peacekeeper Gaming, where he has been posting some of his Clash of Clans hits. He's been in the Knights of Zion a lot longer than I have, and has just been making some pretty solid content. Now, it was just, like, overviews of, of attacks. I don't even think he spoke on it, so it's just music playing with some of his attacks going on. And there's a ton of YouTubers that are out there doing that, right? Some of his... Some of his attacks were actually featured on Burnt Base. One of our guys was searching, this was a couple months ago, was searching a base. He took a screenshot of the base, sent submitted it to, to Burnt Base, and one of the top results that he got back was actually from our clan mate doing an attack in war against that same base. So he's, you know, got a little bit of a following going on there. But He recently decided to start streaming on Twitch. So Peacekeeper400 is his name on Twitch. Peacekeeper400, all one word. And he's been doing some of his Legend League attacks and some of his war hits from Gideon's Keep. Uh, He's got a Town Hall 14. And let me tell you, PK is a fantastic attacker at Town Hall 14. Uh, if you listen to some of his streams, he talked about how he, he joined into Knights of Zion a while ago and didn't think that that he was going to make it and wasn't all that great of an attacker. Well, he has learned a lot and is, is really turning into a solid attacker for us that we can depend on uh, every time that we've got a war going. And that is highlighted in his Twitch streams. And the thing that I liked about it was he was using different attacks, different strategies for each of his attacks when he was on stream. And he was breaking down what his goal was going to be for this attack and looking at the base that he was getting you know, paired up with and League, saying, all right, well, you know, I wish I would have had the other army for this one because that would have worked better against his base. But when I come against a base like this with this type of army, here's what I'm going to try to do. And he would break it down and then execute and was narrating the whole thing. And for a guy who was worried about having his voice on a stream or video, he was an absolute natural. And I just love to see that. I love to see guys who... You know, they want to do something, not sure they're going to do it well, and then when they actually, you know, put their mind to it, he's just knocking it out of the park. So, uh, congrats to Peacekeeper on getting this this Twitch channel up and running, and I I hope that uh, you'll get some more followers, and that somebody will come out and join us in some of those streams. He... Great voice. Speaks a little bit of an accent. Uh, different than, than what those of us in the good old USA speak with, so you should get some, some extra viewers simply because of that, man. And he's breaking down good stuff. Great strategist. Can't wait to see what he, what happens with his channel. So that's another, another guy in the Knights of Zion family that is out there making content. So check it out. There's links to him in the, the Klaus Gaming Discord in the, the community content section. And if anybody wants, I will post a link to his stream next time he goes live in our discord server too. That's going to be it guys. Uh, I hope that everybody out there stay safe and have some fun while you're out there playing in traffic. Bye for now.